where and what year were you born? I was born in Bulgaria, Sofia, in 1934. So the things that I grew up with and Christopher's growing up with and so many children are growing up with, they didn't, it wasn't there. What did you guys have to play with? Did you have toys? Did you have each other? Got it. Uh, during the war, there was, no, of course, no toys for us. My mother was sewing. So uh, any leftover from the materials, she will make me a, a little doll and fill it up with the other rest uh, scraps. And that doll was in my hand day and night. The boys, they had those stockings. They were the old one, and they made used to make a bowl for them, fill up with more stockings spread or any leftover material from something. They used to make a balls like they can uh, kick it like they're playing soccer. And it was nothing, nothing to play with that. Everything was... Uh, leftovers from something. The parents will sit around us in the evening, will munching on a stove is going on, and father will put some uh, bread on the top of it, make a toast for us, and we eat that with maybe walnuts or grapes. If it have any fruit, we'll eat it with the bread. That was a snack or dinner many times. And then we had the coupon, coupon system, coupon system. We stay online to get our milk, to get the bread. It was like that. We had no butter even. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, it was so funny. We used to put the pork fat on the toast and put a little salt and red pepper and eat it. There was snack, snack. And in the morning, we have to go early so to get the milk or the yogurt. Otherwise, we'll finish and you don't have it for the day. This is the way how we grew up. And when I see the difference between wartime and that time, that was in the 40s, right? And I see how kids are now. I don't want that. I want to go out. I want to go to a restaurant. The parents like cannot say anything to them or if they say it will be a lot of talking well we talk a lot about a little boy named Pavel because I've remarked when I've seen him at barbecues before the pandemic obviously that he was so polite and talkative and such a nice person and I want Christopher to be like him and I've asked you how how did he get that way yeah, he got it that way because the parents were on top of it. They were the ones to teach this kid to be polite and to listen to the parents and to adults, doesn't matter who it is, to have a respect for everything. A respect for each other, respect for parents, respect for the grandparents. This is the whole generation should be growing that way. Well, you've also, I think you've given me tips, like when Christopher was really young, and I told you that I have him in a play space, and 
he wants to come out of the play space after a short amount of time, and he starts crying for me. I always say, the minute the kids are born, they know exactly what they're doing. Now, when they, they wake up and they're crying, or they just cry there, there is a difference between pain, crying, when something is hurting, and they're just crying to mommy, pick me up, pick me up. I don't want to be here. I don't want to stay in bed. And I always say, let them cry a little bit in bed when they wake up. A lot of people, finally, they realize it's important. Don't pick up the kid the minute, open eyes and start crying. Don't pick it up because he learns that. She learns that and she wants to be picked up every single time they open their eyes and they know they will pick them up and there goes the discipline. And it's also... I say another thing, excuse me. I say when the mama says something, Papa has to listen. Even if mama is wrong, Papa shouldn't say anything. And the opposite, when... Daddy say something to the kid to correct him or something. Even if he's wrong, mom, you stay away from it. Let them deal with this. And then when you are by yourself without the kid, then you make a, what do you call, remark to him you were right or I was wrong to fix it between them. It's so important when mama makes some remarks on tells the kid, don't do that. And daddy says, oh, leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's a kid now. Do I make sense this way? Exactly. You make, that's, you know, it's funny because Steve and I had a moment like that. Yeah, not not too long ago where Christopher was, we were playing with Christopher in his bedroom and Steve said, okay, we need to go do this now. And I said, maybe we don't do that right now. And then I caught myself and I said, you know, we have to do what daddy says. That's what we're doing now. And I realized that because I am the primary caregiver, I need to back him up. And luckily, Steve always backs me up, but it's only going to become more important to do that once Christopher really understands language, you know, really understands what we're saying. Exactly, exactly. And then going back to what you had said about letting him cry where it's really serving me is when he's in his play space and now that he's mobile getting into things pulling himself up clumsy still can fall over and hit himself I after and before meals I put him in there and I say okay mama's gonna clean up now you time for you to play And he has to wait for me to finish. And sometimes that's five minutes and sometimes that's 20 minutes. And it's almost like it's become like a survival mechanism for me because I wasn't doing that and he was running all over me and I, everything was backed up, the chores, the everything. And I was feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. And now he's learning and I've had to check myself and say, oh, he's fine. He's crying because he wants me to pick him up, but he doesn't need me to pick him up right now. He's not, he's dry, he's fed, he's got things to keep. And what's been remarkable is that he will still want up, but then he'll 
get distracted and he'll go play with himself by himself. And that's Uh what more could I ask for? And you're the one who originally told me that when he was barely born, you told me that and it works. You just make sure when he has some pain, they cry different. And when they're just crying to be picked up, the another voice comes out from there. Totally. <laughs> totally, right? I think, you know, I think that when you're a new mom or when I was a new mom, I didn't understand the difference in the crying. But as time went on, it's 100% clear for the most part what it, what's going on. But, you know, when you were talking about when you were a girl and the toys, the dolls that your mom would knit for you. When you were talking about that, I felt emotional because of the experience, because of how much privilege we have just to have food, housing, and health, right? And also just the perspective of the amount of pressure I put on myself as a new mom and the worry that I have over his development. Do I need, well, the right toys? Will he develop properly? There's so much information out there on the internet about development, and it, it causes me to feel pressure that I need to do things in order to help him. And I know in my gut that he's going to learn how to use his body and how to, you know, manipulate objects and all of those things. And you saying that just reinforces that instinct. And the other thing that you said about what you would eat, it's completely ridiculous how much information there is about food. And I'm very grateful for it. I'm struggling right now to feed Christopher things that he'll eat. He likes the same things again and again. And I feel that it's my fault that I should have done things differently. That is he getting enough vegetables and fruit and this and that. And like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine because he's eating food every day. <laughs> and yeah, we used to have yeah. pizza. We were lucky if we had a just piece of dry bread in our hand to munch for snack or what. And that is what I have to say. Do not give so many gifts in one time. For Christmas, we used to have book or pair of gloves or uh, maybe a hat, and only one gift. They knew how to do it with no education and nothing. And they will say, no, don't spoil him. Don't spoil the kid. Don't give him more than one gift because he will start throwing away and doesn't pay attention anymore what you're giving him. Mm -hmm. I did this with Pavel because, Everybody of the family, his mother and father and grandpa and grandma and all everything around, one piece, one piece, one piece, and it's like a a store. Now he gets only one gift from a family. Mm. And this is what Bobby does. She, She raised this kid very, very good. I mean, he is such a gentleman when a father calls him Pavel, and he will say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, Pavel, come here. Okay, I'm coming. They're doing a good job there. I know, I've experienced it. 
Do you have any recommendations for moms and dads who's, you know, with babies who are one and under on ways to play with them, whether that's with a rattle or just singing or... They have to go outside and play things with mom and dad. Don't forget the other kids right now. Forget the other uh, adults because people come and go and I see them on the street and they stop and they touch the kids and all this stuff. No, you take them on the, on the walk around the blocks, right? Mm-hmm. And you take them like twice a day? Right now I take him twice a day and then I either go in the backyard and play with the ball. That's what I was going to say. Very important mama and papa to play with the kids until all this is going to go away because until he goes to school, he will be all prepared to be in contact with other kids. A lot of children, they go to school or to kindergarten or whatever, and they will be all lonely. Lonely, they don't know how to talk to other kids, they don't know how to play with other kids, and pulling and pushing the toys and throwing them away and all that stuff. So it's your job is for him to learn to share toys, to share everything he's doing, you're doing with him outside. Do it this way so like somebody else is coming, like you gave a different name to daddy, he has to play with daddy now. You have to use your, uh, uh, what do you call it? Imagination. So pretend that daddy or mommy is another child and play with him. With Now mm-hmm. we are in school and all this stuff. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God, that's so. I love that because I mean, I m- imagine once he's with another child, they'll want, each want to play with the same toy, and then <laughs> how's that going to work? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this is the way how you play, like teacher and another kid, and yeah, use your use your brain. Your you can do that. And every mom has to know that not only mom and dad will be with them all the time. They are growing, they have to go to kindergarten. They are growing, they have to go to school. And you, it's your job now to teach them to share toys and friends and to be nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) A froggy and a horse. Um, a bat and a cow. Squeak, squeak, moo. Squeak, squeak, moo. Squeak, squeak, moo. <laughs> a doggy and a chicken. A kitty and some ants. Meow, meow, meow. There's no sound for the end. <laughs> like, I have two hands. One hand washes the other hand, and the two hands washes my face. <laughs> this is used to sing when was time. 
to go under the sink there to wash our hands good and to wash our fa- face. Perachichki et kibbe, they are running. Oh, yeah. 